don't make it matter, got good things, got you. Hoops and everything, get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you lonely? Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast and Supercoach season 2024. I am your host and coach of the Terrace crew, Matt Ricks. All the talk during the off-season has been around Vegas, specifically Las Vegas, Nevada, the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift, small NRL fields. How much does it cost to get the goalposts there? Over the next few weeks, we'll learn the answer to those questions, plus so much more on our journey to round one of the 2024 NRL season. This year, the Pod Pod is back for our third season, and we've got some big changes on the horizon. We've let the dust settle on the preseason to date, but tonight we're here and we're back to assess how the preseason is traveling. Who are we locking in? Who are we avoiding? And what strategic takes should you be borrowing for your round one teams? Joining me tonight are two coaches coming off, well, we'll call it fairly contrasting season seasons. My first co-host has been deep into the data and analytics of Supercoach, even though it's never been his style. Not to mention, he's our first ever rep player contributing on this SC Hub podcast last week. It's coach of Tubes' AI pods, Tubes. Tubes, welcome to the pod pod for 2024. Tell you what, when you went deep on the analytic and data, I thought Dan was getting an intro first, but it's it's good to see that I'm well and truly like progressed up the rankings here and uh, and getting the first introduction. I have gone deep on data and I'm trying to integrate some AI into my Supercoach planning for 2024. So we'll see how it all comes together. I look forward to that really petering out after about round two. How did you enjoy the uh, the experience on the other pod tubes? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It had me excited to to get back into the pod pod. Um, yep. It was uh, a lot of analysis um, and. But I certainly I, I miss the I miss the pod pod banter. But it was a good warm up into the season. Good stuff. Uh, our second co-host tonight has gone for a slightly different approach to after a tough end to 2023. He's not gone digging into any data. It's just vibes and eye tests for the third place 2014 overall finisher, coach of the Casabonitas, Danny Boy Ricks. Danny Boy, welcome back to the pod pod. Yeah, thanks, Matty. I, I say that now, but the, the data analysis is slowly creeping in. Just, uh, you know, haven't tried to stay away from Supercoach for a while. Having a look now. But, yeah, seeing, seeing Tubes live on YouTube last week has kind of fired me up as well for a big season. So, yeah, looking forward to it. What's uh, what's caught your eye in the off-season, Dan, Supercoach-wise? <laughs> Uh, not much really, <laughs> not much at all. Uh, probably for me, the big one's just the, uh, the, the plethora of, of second row forward mid rangers. I think that's going to be a huge decision for, for people this year. Uh, you know, there's a couple of premiums still around and there's a couple of premiums that didn't fire last year, maybe a bit, bit, bit cheaper, but yeah, there's plenty of that 400, 500 K looking, looking very juicy at the moment. So There'll be a, a lot of work going into that. I feel like we get to this point every season, though, the 400, 450K second row forward uh, and about one out of five works out. So you're right. That look, looks like where the value is, but um, it's going to be a, a tricky a tricky one to navigate, I think. Yeah. The other the other big ones, the, the premium fullbacks, that, that looks great as well. So there's so many, so many good guys. They're fit, firing. 
Uh, I think I said earlier this week, it's just about who stays on the pitch, who stays healthy, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, be very good to to get back into it. Still plenty of the preseason to go, so I'm sure we'll, we'll get a bit more out in the wash. All right, let's just dive back into 2023 for a minute and do a bit of a recap last year. So uh, what were our ranks last year, boys? Tubes, where'd you finish? Uh, I finished 1171. So with a couple of rounds left, I was in sort of the mid-600s, low 600s, and I got... I got got by those uh, by lack of trades over the, the final two rounds to drop me just out of the top thousand. Yeah, the uh, that was certainly carnage. Um, so was that eleven sixtieth or whatever it was, tubes? That that a PB for you in the overall game? I actually don't know. Um, it could be. I feel like I had some some good. Uh, early years uh, back in the in the early 2010s, um, but it certainly was a PB in in the last five years. That's for sure. Documented documented yeah. PB. Yeah, yeah. Dan, how did you finish up last season? I know you had a pretty rough end uh, in those last couple of rounds. Yeah, look, we won't go into it too much. I think um, I finished seven something. Seven hundred. No, no, seven thousand. <laughs> I think I went down four thousand spots in the final rounds. Eight players to finish off the season. Uh, I went hard early, yeah. no trades. But uh, yeah, like it was an enjoyable, enjoyable season. Just yeah, really, really got hit and stung those last couple of rounds. I think uh, I think there's a bit of a trend as well, um, more towards the NFL, where these coaches are resting players far more often. Uh, in the last round, obviously we saw that in the last two rounds even, but mainly the last round. I think that's a trend we can expect to continue again this year. So having those trades, maybe even a boost up your sleeve for round 27, it would have been like gold last year. So I know I had a, I, I had a couple of trades, uh, maybe one or two, I can't remember, but um, left, which helped me get sort of 15 on the park. I got pretty lucky with the amount of players. Um and yeah, contrasting contrasting luck, I think, got me up to three hundred and seventh overall, which is my best finish in, in NRL Supercoach. So really happy with that. Um Tolu Kola, shout out to my boy. I know Tubes has been uh giving me a lot of grief all off season about him, but uh gotta get him a recorded uh recorded shout out. Um huge tons. The the second one is vice captain in the in the last round. So yeah, really, really pleasing way to finish twenty twenty three and looking to get back into it this year. Uh, our prize. So last year we had our group prize overall, um, a game of golf at the Lakes and a visit out to the Chairman's Club at Ramwick. We're actually going to be doing that with our winner in a few weeks' time. Tubes and myself will be up there playing golf at the Lakes uh, with the Podfather. It's going to be a great day out. Uh, the winner of that prize was Craig. Now, it's not Craig. There was a, We had a leader all year, Birdman's Bullets Craig. It's not that It's not that Craig. It's Craig Fenno. Uh, who came through and finished, uh, I think, around 40th overall or 30th, 30-something. Fantastic fantastic end to the season for Craig. Uh, and he's going to be coming up from Canberra to come and play golf and, and get out the races, so it'll be good to, good to meet Craig. Uh, we had a great time with Jared last season, uh, last year when we went out there and coincides with round one of the NRL, so it's fantastic timing. should be a great weekend. And Tubes, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. Um, 
Queenstown. What happened in Queenstown? Our bet last year. I think we got we got stitched up, didn't we, Dan? Yeah. Just I think just lost. <laughs> Despite my three hundred seven ranking, the uh, <laughs> pod father and myself touched everyone up. Uh, we beat Chris and Jono. They'll be back again this year to probably get touched up again. I don't know if they can go much better than they went last year. So, oh gee, that's uh, tough. Jono, Jono, myself. The what the pod pod WhatsApp group. Jono has been very, very uh, forward. He's. He, I feel like he's done the most research out of everyone. I think he's in for a big season. But we'll see. I think I'm. I think. I think this year I'm favourite coming in. I've, wow. I've put in the work. Boldly declaring. <laughs> It's been a big preseason. It's been a big preseason. I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask ChatGPT, and I don't think it's going to agree with you. Agree with you. <laughs> I just looked up as well. Uh, 2015, I came 753rd or something like that. So right. second best season ever, but hadn't finished top 3,000 since 2015. So we'll get that validated after the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get back into 2024. That's a big season, but it's done and dusted 2023. Uh, this year, so we've got we're going to have a five man regular again. We got uh, the three of us who are here tonight, uh, plus Chris and Jono, as mentioned. I'm sure we'll have another one or two guests pop in as well. Uh, we've got a great little community out there now, and um, I know the guys will be keen to keep getting involved. Um, we've got our our overall group, our overall league. They've changed from groups to league this year, which is, I think, which is really good. So if you want to join the Pod Pod overall league, uh, 501378. We're just going to work through what the prize is going to be for next year, see if we're going to go around again with the with the Lakes and uh, the Chairman's Club or if we'll have something different. But uh, we're certainly going to have a prize, uh, which would be really great. So it'd be great if you can jump in. That code again, 501378. Now, Tubes, we've got to drop some big news on the pod tonight. Now, we all know that Tuesday is the big day, TLT, in rugby league, whether it's round one or round 26. Uh, what have we uh, decided to do in terms of timing the pod this year? Oh, I forgot about this. How good. Uh, we are going to be re- recording for 2024 a show every Monday night and it will be dropping by Tuesday morning. So a bit of a gap in the content space uh, just after the rounds finish, just after the prices have updated, BEs, all of that updated, and then everyone waits till Teamless Tuesday before there's any content out there to listen to. So we're going to be dropping a very spicy pod each week on the on the Tuesday morning, recorded on the Monday night uh, pre TLT. Yeah, I, I think I uh, I can't wait for this. I think you get I think you're really getting sort of ninety percent of the info. On that Monday, when scores update, um, final final rankings are done, prices updated, BEs done, like you said, uh, it's just the team list that you're missing. But I think strategically, um, you're going to get what you need. And yeah, we think I know I'm I know I'm always keen come Tuesday morning for a bit of Super Coach content, and it's very hard to find. Uh, there's a few good pods out there who do some recaps on Sunday night, but that's obviously before the dust has settled. So it's going to be really exciting this year. I think we can we can plug a hole. In the in the uh, Supercoach Pod market, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm psyched. I know you are too, Danny boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like all the other Supercoach sickos out there, it's kind of you know people refreshing their refreshing their pages, seeing if teams are coming out. So we'll we'll try to give them something to listen to for a few hours beforehand, just to uh, just to fire them up. And yeah, no, look, looking forward to it. I think um, 
I think, yeah, everyone's kind of keen at that stage. Mon- uh, what is it, Tuesday? It's actually a different day for me because obviously being in London over here, it's going to be slightly earlier. But uh, but yeah, everyone's everyone's keen and, and we're, it's just going to be hard not to speculate too much with this team list. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure, we'll fi- I'm sure we'll figure it out. There's a chance as well that depending on how you're going, Matt, you're you're just not going to turn up either. I think we went and had a – my That's recap true. of the 2023 season was we went and had a look at the hosts and who was on the pod pod just to well, – as we were planning to go around again. And Yes. You started off strong in the preseason and then from around – about round three to about round – 18, you sort of popped in and out, only going in a handful of pods, but decided to start coming back when you went started going strong again. I was busy just saving trades, tubes, mm. just hoarding them. Mm. Um, so just hibernating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it should be a it should be a big 2024. I'm uh, I'm pumped for Monday, and I'm I'm going to be trying to hippie here most weeks. So, just keep you off my back, tubes. Um, what else have we got for 2024? I think that's about it. Let's uh, let's get into preseason, hey? Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Dan, we're going to start with a bit of strategy. So uh, I'm pretty 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 easy on how, how you want to kind of play this. Uh, keep it sort of open um, and loose. Uh, but how are you approaching your round one team um, from a setup perspective in terms of Guns, mid ranges, cheapies, um, but I think something that, that's even more interesting is some of the positional stuff where you want to spend and where you don't want to spend. Yeah, I think probably probably the shift from last year, looking at spending up a little bit more on front row forward this year, just get two kind of locks that are going to be there, uh, and also considering the bias, you've you've probably got to get a, maybe a dual or a third front row forward in the rotation there. Uh, so I'll be looking at doing that. I think pr- everyone should be jumping on two gun halfbacks, two gun fullbacks. Uh, you know, one or two gun center wings. At the moment, I'm currently going really light at hooker. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll stay like that, but I've I've gone sub 400k for my two of my hookers, hoping they're just going to do a job, punch out a 45 to 55 each week. Uh, and try to get the premium boys who can get the tons elsewhere. So where where are you compensating for that lack of cash at hooker? Well, I'm just going hard, really, really hard halfback, <laughs> the two big boys, Cleary Hines, uh, and then hard at fullback. So I just it's, it just really gives me more premium purchases in the big positions that can ton up. I think I, realistically, Harry Grant is probably the only one I would be confident that is, you know, going to ton up every every four or five games in hooker. Uh, so it's basically taking him on. With Storm having early buy, there's probably a couple other nice Storm buys in the um, that you can get in preseason, and you probably don't want too many of them to start with. So, and you know, there's there's potentially two or three 80-minute hookers that are under that 400K or at least under the 500K. So I'm just trying to trying to find those guys to, to just make some tackles, get some 50s, and then load up elsewhere. Are they going to be likely Brayley and one of the Parramatta hookers that you're looking at at the moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know I know Jono's a, a fan of Verrills uh, from the Gold Coast. I think he might get some get some big minutes, but uh, I think he's just a bit too much of the price. I'd rather go down. 
Tubes, what are what do you see as the big sort of strategic decisions um, of the of the preseason? I suppose the Cleary v Cleary Hines double up is probably the one with the uh, the most amount of traction at the moment. Yeah, I think um, whether you, whether you go on the two halves, um, whether you're getting a premium premium hooker, so the Harry or the JMKs, yeah. um, and then realistically what you do, what what ends up happening within the centre wings, I think will dictate where most teams go. I think everyone will be looking at two premium fullbacks and it's just a picking which which ones they do. Um, but how hard you can actually go in some of those other positions like second row forward, front row forward, 5-8, I think will come down to how many cheapies we get on Teamless Tuesday or how many mid-rangers you go in that second row forward. Um, camp. I feel pretty strongly about centre wing structure. So I think that it's pretty hard to go for a premium centre wing without base. So I think given given that basically all those guys who are 700 plus K, they could all come off, right? They're all stars. They score a lot of tries and they're 700K for a reason. Um, and whoever does come off out of those guys is going to those teams are going to fly to start the year there's no doubt about it but i do think you're down to a bit of luck there those big base guys i think are the ones the premium guys i think you can carry at least one of them i don't think two maybe two but not for me and i just want i've i've currently got karaz and um, i'll talk a bit more about him later but he's got the big base he could score the tries I just don't – I think Val and maybe Marju are the only other ones. I'm not hot on Marju whatsoever. I, I couldn't possibly go him. Um, but I think, um, yeah, Val and Karaz are kind of those only higher price ones, Tubes. Do you have any others? Mm, don't think so. I, I I went through the the top 700, the, the premium center wings last week on that um, SC Hub and I literally couldn't find anyone other than Val that I would be any chance of, of starting the year with. Uh, Have you got Val at the moment? I've got Val, but my team changes uh, on a daily basis, but I, I'm pretty sure Val's going to be one of my locks um, to start the year with the Cowboys run. And also I just think that he is uh, he's potentially going to be a pod option uh, compared to last year where it seemed like everyone was bringing him in to start the year. So I like Faden, Faden going against the tr- grain. Yep, yep. Dan, fullbacks, um, there's so many good options. Obviously, all the premium guys, uh, your turbos, trells, pongers, um, drinky. Then there's Ryan Pappenhausen, who's uh, took over 600K to start the year, which is obviously incredibly underpriced against his best. Storm have got a pretty tough draw to start and a buy in round four, and he's coming off back off two horrific injuries. Um I think that's probably one of the bigger decisions that all super coaches have to lean into in the preseason. Well, I think it's it's fairly easy, even if you go one way or the other. So if you if you get him, I think I think you can be confident he'll still do a job there. He'll still be still be good. The tough draw throws you off slightly, but I think like long term, if he stays fit, he's going to be top three fullbacks for the year so pretty safe I think to start with and you also make about 150 to 200k to spend elsewhere which is which is very nice very appealing uh, and then if you don't choose him I think the best play is to go ultra premium go 800k plus 
if he starts the season really well, he might get one price rise before the round four buy, uh, but then you, you're likely going to be able to pick him up, downgrade one of the maybe failing guns or injured guns, uh, and then spend the ca- cash elsewhere. So, look, if he's if he's the only fullback named, there's no uh, uh, no fullback replacement on the bench for cover for Storm, uh, I'll, I'm 90% chance he'll be in my side. Yeah, I'm, I'm still 50-50. I think, like you said, if Sua Falongo is on the bench, that could be a bit of a dent. And also if he's kicking, as long as he's kicking goals, I mean he's a good kicker, but he's no pappy. So I, I think he should get that. Just as an aside, I saw Nick Meany uh, on my daily commute to work the other day. He looks big and strong. I know he's not a super coach option to start the year, but uh, I think he's in for a bumper year uh, once he when he moves to the centres. Tubes, um, just sticking on fullbacks for a second, someone who's been talked about a lot this preseason um, is Kalen Ponga, and he's really highly owned, I think, you know, 30-odd percent, 890K. Uh, I Look, there's no doubt he's a wonderful super coach player, but I can't really get around him when he's priced, you know, forty to fifty k ahead of Turbo and uh, and Drinky even, and then a hundred and twenty k ahead of Latrell. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, um, I'm keen to discuss him later on in our in our lays and locks okay. uh, section. <laughs> <laughs> Um, trying to keep it high level in the strategy talk and not get too much into the detail as I've been uh, All right. prone All right. to do. So yep. I'm, I'm happy to happy to dive into some ponga in in my lays and it's all right. just a bit of a tease. All right, yeah. all right, bit of a tease. All right, that's fine. Which way I'm going? Not sure. Fair enough, um, Dan. Just a quick one to touch on at five eight. Um, it looks like most people are going for a Dylan Brown or a cut price option. Um, Jaden Campbell looks like he's out to start the season. Uh, do you think you need to go premium at 5'8", or are you sort of looking maybe at a mid-range option? I think it's the other spot you can you can go very much mid-range, even even um, very cheap. Uh, at the moment in my side, I'm floating with uh, Flatty Burton there. Um, I think if he starts Matt, Matt well. Burton, Matt Burton. Flat Matt Burton, Burton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is he a yeah, why is he flat bully? Uh, sorry, no yeah. <laughs> no, I think he was on a podcast talking about how the how the Earth oh, is flat. Flat Earth. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> I knew what you're talking. I knew what you were talking about. I just knew the listeners were. Uh, I just he's, uh, he's got big shoulders and little chest. I thought you just look like, at his his. His argument is very convincing. If you want to tune in, I think Josh Mansour's chatting with him about it. He's, he goes into some good detail on why the earth is flat. So, um, but you know, from a football perspective, he's a much better, much better footballer than Talker. So, I I think if if Dogs can score some points, he's goal kicking. He's leading the show there. I think he's quite a good option uh, at five hundred under six hundred k, which is quite appealing. It, it's a it'll be a big point of difference position the five eight. A uh, couple of cheapies. You're probably going one mid to premium guy, and then one uh, cheapie on the bench. Just touching on second row forward again, tubes. I know we we spoke about it at the top of the pod just about the the plethora of mid range options. For me, second row is probably the the position um, the positions that I'm going to feel last once I've sort of got the the bulk of my squad, the rest of my squad together. I think I'll fit out second row 
um, just with the the most the most viable options available. And if the, I've got room for a premium, currently I've got Ellie Katoa, 650K. Um, but if I end up not having that room, that's probably where I might end up sacrificing. What are your thoughts on on 2RF? I, I, it's hard to say. I honestly just think it depends on those other positions we talked about. Um, hooker, uh, if if there's good mid-range options, then you can sacrifice potentially going someone like Harry to start the season. That saves you a couple of hundred grand. Um, if the center wings, if you're getting a few good mid-rangers there that seem to be starting. But if not, then I think you've got to then I think it'd be silly to not look at starting with all those mid-rangers in the back row and sacrificing your premium options there because there are potential players like Josh Curran, Pierre Cora, Kikau, Sean Lane, um, et cetera, that you might be able to get premium performances out of for a couple of hundred thousand less. But I'd like to get a gun or two in the back row to start the season Similar in front row, but it just yeah. it's going to depend what I, how I can structure the team elsewhere um, yeah. based on Teamless Tuesday the first week. Bit of info out just this afternoon is it looks like Fafita is in doubt for round one as well. Given that the Titans have the buy round two, um, they might give him until round three until to get back, which would be a spanner for a lot of super coaches. He's he's fairly highly owned. Dan, um, just just staying on second row for for a quick sec. It's generally against conventional thinking that you would play a dual 2RF, FRF in the back row. Um, got guys like Jai Arrow, Ruben Cotter, obviously Tino, but given you know the buy schedule this year and, and generally everyone's running pretty light on their bench at front row forward, would you consider a Cotter or an Arrow in your second row? Um this year just to just to have that flexibility, you know, if if one of your one of your big boys is out? Yeah, 100%. I, I think I'm really keen on Cotter to start the year this year. He's been named captain for the Cowboys. Uh, he should be getting big minutes. Uh, Tamalolo is kind of on the on the dwindle now. So I, I really like him as as probably a top, at least top five, if not top three front row forward for the year. And I think he could do a job at 500 and, what is he, 530? Uh, yeah. 530. So I think that's a great price for him. And just to have that flexibility to have that three front row forward rotation, I think that's fine this year. I wouldn't be going three front row forwards. I, I mean, you need two cheapies on the bench at front row forward, I think. So yep. having the third at second row forward is fine. Uh, and then that's that's if you're going like two premium other front row forwards. I could even see Cotter being my second front row forward starter uh, and then maybe see how the likes of Arrow uh, or Max King or that sort of one goes that you can flip around. Tubes, just to round out our, our quick intro into strategy for the year, just the early buys. We know, um, as we said, it's Tigers round one, Titans round two, um, Dolphins round three and Storm round four. Um, how are those buys playing into your early team setup? Obviously, probably Storm are the most relevant there, but there's a few Dolphins floating around as well. Yeah, I think um, it sort of comes into like looking at runs as well to start the year. Like how much do you sort of factor into it when you're picking your your team? And I think one of the things from last year was obviously I ran out of trades and I was probably a little bit too loose with flipping guns in and around the buys earlier yep. to start the season. Um, so I'm going to try and avoid that this year, i.e., 
Um, I, I mean, obviously, tight, you mentioned Fafita, but won't be getting in Titans play, too many Titans players with them having round two. Um, I really like the look of my side, having Pappenhausen, Munster, Harry Grant, Ellie Katoa in. <laughs> I don't think you can go more than two Storm players with them round four by because you can't be planning on trading them out. But I think it's also then worth looking at those with good runs that don't have buys even all the way up until the origin period. And one of those teams for me is the Cowboys. Um, they've got an awesome run to start the year. I think they start with Dolphins, Knights, Dragons, Broncos, Titans, Eels, Sharks. So it's not um, – it's it's – not like ridiculously easy, but it's a pretty solid start to the year. And I think there were, it was something like they only leave Queensland twice out of their first seven weeks or something like that. Um, so, and their first buy isn't actually until round 16 from memory. So yeah. ridiculous. Uh, obviously, there's they, you could be picking some origin players, Cotter, et cetera, as Dan mentioned. But I do think there's no danger if you start in the year with four, um, maybe even four from that side, um, and sort of you whether or not you're back in them going on a on a bit of a run, without sort of that buy uh, risk to start the year. The thing I like about the Cowboys is it felt like they had like you got these players like Drinky and Did and who had good years, but they still only won twelve of their twenty four games. They're probably in to win a few more than that this year. Um, it's really got me turned on for drinky. I think I agree with you, Tubes, which is, if not a first, a second on this pod. So that's some good some good take there. I like it. They, um, yeah, I don't know what to do now. Where, where do we go from there? Um, we'll wind up. We'll wind up strategy chat there. It's a it, as we said, keep it pretty high level. But first, first pod back. I think that's. I think there are a few hidden few hidden gems in there. Let's get into our locks and avoids to start the year. So we've come up with a couple each, uh, and we just might talk through those individual players. So Dan, let's get let's start with you and your lock ins. Who's locked into your team? I think um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we tried to we tried to start off the pods last week, uh, and I I did a little bit of no. (laughs) So yeah, failed failed recording last week, Uh, and then since then I've been running hot this morning, uh, and I haven't even looked at who I put down for last week. So Uh, my my lock, I can I can throw I can throw to you if you like, Dan. All right, I've got one of my locks still. Payne Haas is my big lock. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Lock him in there. He's just going to be rock solid. Historically, he starts seasons very very well. I think there's there's no reason Broncos are changing his rotation. You know, just easy big points. I, I mean, you know, he always has the potential to nearly get over the line as well, but doesn't seem to. So if he just jags a couple of tries early, he's going to be uh, the top front row forward. So he's my big one. I like that. I've Painhas is currently in my team. If he's not locked, he's bloody close to it. Um, he had that AC joint injury last year, which sort of precluded him from getting those monster scores through the middle part of the year, and we know that it's um, that it affected him. Shout out to NRL Physio uh, on the Magic Spuns podcast, currently my favourite uh, uh, SC podcast away from the pod pod, of course. Um, 
but yeah, I think he's very reasonably priced to that sort of 72, 73 mark. And I could definitely see him averaging 80, particularly in the first half of the season. I um I jumped off him to start last year when we Tarpany and uh, it, it cost me it cost me a lot. So looking forward to having uh, the big fella locked into my team. Dan, your second lock, um, and tell me if this is not still the same, but your second lock that you had down on the run sheet was Harry Grant at number nine. Yeah, and yeah, a lot changes. Like, it, sounds like, it sounds like that's changed a fair bit. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, if you're going to lock in a premium hooker, he's the only one, I think. Uh, if you want to enjoy your super coach too, he's, he's so good to watch. Uh, so I think what's turned me off, as Tubes alluded to, was the fact that Storm, hard draw, round four, buy, you just can't go with as many. So yeah. that's, you know, and yeah, it's just like every year, it's 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 a big decision to be made. Uh, and currently I've got him out of the side, but I wouldn't be anyone against getting him. Tubes, you've also, you know, we won't give too many trade secrets away, but you've also changed your locks from last week. Who have you got currently locked into the Tubes' AI pods? <laughs> mm, I... Um... I've, I've, I mean, there's a couple I think that are, in my opinion, locks for most teams, uh, primarily in the half area. But I'm, I've tried to go a couple of little pod locks to start, and on my pad cowboys, locks, uh, on my, <laughs> on my oh, cowboys theme, uh, I'm locking in Val Holmes uh, into my into my team to start the year. Uh, I just think he. He didn't start the year very well last year, um, but around origin time, he, he obviously hit form. Uh, he's definitely their go-to strike weapon. He has the kicking base. I think I just went through the their, I suppose, easier than average schedule to start the year. Um, I just think he's the, the best upside uh, center wing option with, with, with good base. Uh, and the... My second lock-in is uh, my man from last year, keep him going, uh, drink water. So uh, I'm just looking to start the year, keep keep him running hot. I literally, I just can't see how the Cowboys' attack changes too much with Chad at halfback um, and the way that, that everything doesn't just continue to go through drink water um, for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Ro- Robson and Chad... Are uh, really ideal for drinky super coach output. Um, they don't run any plays through those two. Basically, Ch- Chad just shifts it on. Shout out to Chad. Looking forward to another big big year rag on Chad on the pod. <laughs> 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 oh, he's um. We I'm a big laugh. Chad guy. Big Chad guy, yeah. Um, but yeah, Drinky and did, and I'm I'm keen. And and Dan, you got me fired up for Drinky last week as well. I know you're keen. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had uh, Drinky Turbo locked in for a while at that fullback position, and it just it's I, I do a few variations. It just looks so so tasty. So it feels nice, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, and just look at looking at the numbers. Like he turns up so easily. He's so involved. Um, and as you said, Cowboys only twelve wins last year. If they go any better, you know, Drinky could be averaging better. So yeah, great, very good option. I agree, Tubes. And look, I owned him and Ponga from round 13 last season. And just in terms of value, I know Ponga was unbelievable, but in terms of enjoyment of watching Drinky, there's literally just no one better to, to root home when you when when he's on your super coach. 
um, team. I reckon he's just such an enjoyable watch. Yeah, definitely made your season last year. And Dearden's an interesting one as well. I think um, it looked like early season last year they'd kind of figured out his his dummy. He loves the show and go. I don't know like what percentage wise he does it, but it's it's up there. And uh, I think maybe drinky firing just put defensive teams on edge, uh, gave him that little bit of space, and and he really reveled in that in that space and got over for a few tries, plenty of line breaks. I think there was one game he made five or six line breaks, so certainly a good pot option to start the year at five eight. Drinky's only four point six percent owned at time of recording as well. I think he's the second highest priced fullback. Um, That'll be fun. That'll be that could be one that could really kick your season off. Um, exciting. Uh, onto my lock. So I'm locking in. Uh, we'll just go. We'll just go a bit of easy one first up. Uh, Nico Nico Hines. And the reason I want to mention Nico is just because I know he's in everyone's team. But uh, I think if you're not going Nico and Cleary, Nico has to be the one that you would go over the two of them. Just given that he's the best captaincy option at halfback in the first five rounds, basically, and then Cleary has buy in round six. I think if you're not going to, if you if you can't VC or C Cleary, I think that diminishes his value slightly. Um, and Nico's just got a plum draw that first month of the season, so you're definitely going to want the VC at a bare minimum on him, if not the C, uh, to couple with your fullback options. So. Uh, he's he's going nowhere from my starting number seven position. My second one is someone who I mentioned earlier. It's Jacob Caraz from the Bulldogs. Caraz was on fire to start the season last year. I brought him in after his big 140 against the Storm. He felt like um, the one that was going to get away on everyone. And um, he's 600K, which I think is probably 10 to 15 points underpriced where he should be. He has the best base of any center wing. Um and uh, him and probably Marju is probably not too far away, but um, I just think there's huge upside in him. Given he played through some pretty serious injuries last year, he came back when he was not ready. Dan, I think he had that MCL, which you could definitely see was impacting his tackle busting ability, and 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 then also because of that, his offloading ability. He then had a he then had a stress fracture in his back, and that's just got to be incredibly hard, Dan, to play through. I would have thought. Yeah, he definitely came back early from his knee injury. Uh, you know, as they do, they they all play with minor niggles, but that was just too much to handle for him uh, in terms of his his power. So, yeah, the, the stress fracture is not good. It's going to put you down at you know seventy percent of your of your capacity. There, you're always thinking about it. It's on your mind. You're being protective and hesitant. So. Yeah, you can see that drop off. I, I'm a big Kraz fan. I tried to actually hold him through that injury when everyone else dropped him, uh, and then I finally got rid of him when he came back early. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like him. The only thing is, like, and I can't see it, is is there a chance he starts in the centres? I, th- I don't think so. But, yeah. that Would that, that turn would, you off I, picking I, him up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He would just he wouldn't score any tries. Hmm. So, like, I mean, he could, but he'd be, he'd be far less likely. So... That's not good. Good now that he's locked in your side. <laughs> he's pod locked. He's not padlocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I reckon, he's I reckon still... it's fifty-fifty at best that you start with Val Tubes. Sorry, Dan. All right, moving on. Um, no, it's just uh, he's a bit like a, my man Will Penasini uh, for Parramatta. They got great base. They're strong ball carriers. 
great to watch, but just that centre position just just limits their try scoring. So, yeah, I think I, I'd be definitely avoiding in the centres. When I start the year with Will Panasini this year and you don't, he officially, you can not claim him as your He can't anymore. be your boy, yeah. I don't think you've ever owned him in every week. My boy, Will Panasini. He's got a pitch, he's got a poster up on him on his wall, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bass. Yeah. Um, when he finally comes good, this is, I just I know he's going to come good at some stage. Uh, so he's still pretty young. Going to be this still year. very young. Still filling out that body, that big body. Speaking of young, I didn't realize Tom Dearden's only twenty two this year. That's mm. he he could keep getting better. I, I like the Dearden pick. Right now, now to now for our take ons to finish off the pod for tonight. Um, I'll start with one who you've both got down, and that's uh, I went I I I I went off a little bit early earlier, but Kalen uh, Ponga, eight hundred ninety k fullback, Dan and Tubes, you both got him as a take on. Tubes, I'll let you have the floor to start with. I just I'm hearing a lot of discourse out there in uh, Supercoach podcast land that that Ponga is a must have. Um, and I mean, it's pretty hard to pot Ponga. <laughs> like the run he had last year was unbelievable. I think he's currently thirty-five percent owned. With the plethora of fullbacks around, that that's obviously pretty high. I think it's probably the highest, even higher than um, uh, Pappy, who we were talking about just before. Um, I think there's two reasons I want to lay him. One, because how much people are, are talking about him, um, and. And the second just being, I can't see how he keeps that same form that he had for the last, what was it, 10 weeks or nine weeks, yeah, of last year. Um, And so I'm not saying that he's not, I still don't think he's like an amazing player, but I, I think we've just seen those hot runs before. And then you often jump on them when potentially the best play is to actually go, Hold on, he might just come back to his normal play, which is, um, you know, still an absolutely elite fullback, but just not as as good as he was. Because it's not just even him. The Knights went on a historic run for the Knights at the back end of last season. They won their last nine nine games. I I know he was powering them along, but that was still like they all had to contribute for that to happen. And uh, I don't know if O'Brien can coach. I don't know if half of the players up there can play very well. I just think it's a good point to to lay Ponga. And then the um, and I think a lot of the other reason people are really heavy on him is just the fact that he plays the Raiders in round one. Um, and yeah, sure, he could go and get 150 in round one. But but I still just think over the over the averages over the first ten weeks, uh, I'm happy to lay Ponga and and look at other options. They've got a really plum draw to start the year, Dan. That's what's frustrating me about this one. And I, I want to. I'm. I won't be starting with Ponga. I'll be shocked if I start with Ponga. But that draw is is pretty juicy to start. Yeah, I think just what it comes down to is, as you said, the big ones. The the run they went on. You know, nine wins. I I can't see that happening. Even with a good draw, looking at the Knights' predicted side, like their forward pack is still. Still dodgy at best. Uh, yeah, the halves combination. I'm not exactly sure what the, how they're going to run with that. Obviously, the outside backs. There's a, some amazing players there, but 
uh, early on in the season, games are going to be tighter. I think you've got to rely more on a forward pack. That's why I'm keen on someone like the Cowboys who have such a such a young, up-and-coming, big mobile forward pack. Uh, I'm more keen that they will start start better. Uh, so that's why I take Drinky over Ponga. So I d- like that's Ponga's absolute limit of how good he can go. And if he does it, fair enough. He's just he's just absolutely elite. But yeah, at 890k, I think slightly downgrade to Drinky Turbo. I think they can definitely match him. So you're just saving a bit of cash. Yeah. So they they won their last nine games and. In that run, the, the least amount of points they scored in a game was 26. So even though – so Ponga averaged something ridiculous, like 118 through that run or something. Something that gets a little bit overlooked in this is um, – and it's a stat I, I, I'm, we should see a bit more of in Supercoach Tubes. I might, I might throw it over to you to get stuck into. But games won versus games lost. Obviously, the Knights winning all those games, we're not expecting them to win that many games. So you can't, you can't, it's just unreasonable for you to expect Ponga to average that same score despite him being so good. Uh, Ponga was nowhere on the radar last year. Like, even when he came back and started playing fullback, people were still worried about him getting concussed. People were still worried that he wasn't good enough and overrated. He comes out and has a good three month stretch, and now he's the super coach god. I just think you can take him on pretty comfortably with Turbo Drinky and even Latrell, Dan, I know you're not as keen on Latrell as a bit of a segue. Yeah, I think um, I, I don't know if the small pitch in Vegas thing is is really going to turn me off him, but I heard uh, Cody Walker might be injured. Yep, pushing, he's uh, yeah, the he's calf, yeah, calf, yep. Yeah, so, and, you know, uh, look, I think South aren't looking great. They just got pumped in the trial, whether that means anything. I just think if South is doing a tough, uh, Trell's interest really drops off. So, you know, he loves the good times rolling. He loves being the the star. They're winning, goal kicking. He loves to get involved. I think if Bunnies are struggling a bit, I think his his interest can just wane a little. So I'm happy not to start with him. My final point on Ponga is <laughs> yep. I did have him from round 13 last year. Uh, when when the naysayers were out against him. Uh, yes, so did I. And I also think that there is a bunch of people that didn't get on him and are now uh, scared of what he did to them last year. And so jumping on this year is more a fear-based selection than an actual uh, analytic-based selection. So I think it, it's... Um, Sometimes going against the grain uh, is is the way to go, and and I'm probably getting a bit too high on our horse here. But if if Matt, you finished top top rank uh, three hundred and whatever in the out, out there in podcast land, then if everyone's tipping to go Ponga, maybe going against that isn't isn't the worst selection. Is well. is what you're trying to say was that I was the top ranked podcast host of 2023. Uh, yes, that's what I was saying. And so, if you were the top ranked podcast host of, at three hundred and thirty, then maybe three hundred seven. Yeah, whatever. It was. What, anyway, Tubes, what's what's he slipping you there to to mention that? What are you what are you getting out of that little plug? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably just. It's probably a. It's a backhanded compliment. That's that's all. I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Can we move on from Ponga? Yeah. Great. Uh, we went through trail tubes. You got a few little other take ons here. Um, Nathan Cleary, uh, kind of related to what I was talking about about Nico. Yeah, and I won't spend too much time. I just noticed that he's 
he's actually 42% owned. He's the second highest person owned uh, currently on Supercoach Gold outside of Ethan Strange, um, which is – That's crazy. About 10% more than Nico currently. Um, And I just – I agree with you. I think out of the two – you could I, you could easily have the strategy of going both, um, but if you're looking to save cash, then Nico over Cleary uh, for sure. And I think that's where I'm going to be looking at saving 300k and looking at someone like a Sam Walker or something like that to start the year. Yeah, I agree. Round six bye, tough early run. They've got to come back from England as well. Who knows how that'll play? I know there's some stats floating about that he always starts the season well. That's because he's the best player in the comp. So you would expect that to happen. But, um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and Tubes, your final take on there? Uh, it's it's probably on a similar vein. Like, as in, I love the, like, I mean, the grand. it was probably the best grand final we've had in years. And obviously Cleary was unbelievable with that last 20 minutes. And the first 60 minutes, Ezra Mam was, um, like, Probably got into a dollar oh one for the Clive Churchill at at, at some point. He did, were, yeah. And um, and now it seems a lot of people are jumping on the Ezra Mam bandwagon. I I think he's twenty one percent owned. Um, it's not a huge take on, but I just think that at five hundred and thirty two k, he's never really been that super coach relevant. His base is through the toilet. He isn't going to – I think, if anything, Brisbane are still going to be very good this year, but they were – they certainly performed as well as they could last year, and I just don't think now's the time to be jumping on the on, on the Ezra bandwagon. So I I'm, I'm definitely won't be starting the year with him. I think there's other mid Don't mind that. Pretty, pretty, options. pretty ballsy take on it, 500K. I like it, Tubes. Um, my take on's uh, – Jaden Braley from the Knights uh, hooker. I just think that he's not posing a lot of value. Phoenix Crossland had a breakout year last year. It would be tough to see him not not getting at least sort of twenty to twenty five minutes. I just think that if your your hooker's not playing eighty, they need to have some attacking output. I could easily see Braley averaging in the in the forty high forties to low fifties, which doesn't make him a bad option. He's got some value, but I just I think that I think that that's basically the best you're going to get out of him. And he was he, he had some very low point per minute last year. I think he was like the 26th hooker of points per minute for for hookers who played over a certain amount of times. I don't know. I haven't done my haven't, – haven't looked through my research there, but his PPM wasn't particularly great. So, yeah, I think I think he's just – could be a bit of a trap at that price with their – with just pending their bench setup. Um, and my other one is Tommy Flegler from the Dolphins. So he's – uh, everyone's got a bit of change of club itis with Tommy, I think. Um, he obviously had a great year NRL-wise last year. But uh, coming to the Dolphins, I don't really see where he's going to get an increase in minutes. I think he averaged around 44 to 45 minutes last year. I don't really see why that will go up or any reason for that to go up this year at the Finns. Um, yeah, 475K, he might average 50. I don't know. I just don't see the hype for 17% ownership. Anyone with anything to add on that? No, I think you're right on Flegler. Like I'd like to see just wait and watch the minutes rotation at the Dolphins. He's got the ability to offload. Uh, he's, you know, I think he's at that age where <clears throat> front rowers sort of mid-20s mid start to come into their own a bit. 
uh, and be at their best at their peak. So I can see why people are keen on him, uh, but I think you can just wait and watch and, and use him, get someone a bit more expensive and then maybe downgrade to use some cash elsewhere. So I'm going to watch him. Uh, Brayley, what was his injury that got it, uh, that he was out with last ACL. year? Was it an ACL? ACL, yeah. Yeah, so coming off the back of an Achilles the year before, I believe, like the Achilles is going to slow you down a bit. It's he's a he's a tough one, but he's very cheap still, three hundred thirty k. I think he's a second, maybe second maybe he's a second, maybe he's a second hooker. But geez, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be using him just as the as the only one and going cheaper than him. But uh, yeah, but yeah, a not a bad lay. I don't think. Mm, I think it's a tough one. Three thirty k if he play if he's a sixty minute hooker. I mean, yeah. I think sixty is the most he can get. The, if he was eighty, no worries, he'd be straight in. But like if he's if he's say averaging forty five to fifty for the start of the year, is that a value pickup? Like if he if he goes the first ten rounds averaging forty five, makes a hundred K as your second hooker, he's maybe your seventeenth man, if not just being your eighteenth. I think it's still a, an easy pickup to generate cash. Like I'd rather him than go down to a two hundred and thirty K front row forward who's getting fifteen, twenty off the bench. Uh so I see him as a, I do see him as a potential cash generator. The the reason it's a good lay would be if hands at three forty k is named as an eighty minute hooker as well because there's there's no difference but like between the two yeah. for sure you definitely go hands over Brayley. Jacob Little's a little watch there as well at the Dragons if they go with a four forward bench or a three forward and a back um, four hundred fifty k. I don't love Little, but he, he he might be all right to start the year as well. I got him in my team right now. I don't wow. Know. I mean. Pending TLT, but I like it. Mm. Oh, boys. Sorry, no, just to just no. to add that, that around that mid four hundreds, more mid four hundreds. You've got you got Verils, you got Little, and you got the Cheese as well. So the the Roosters bench will be very interesting. They've got some great sort of back rowers there. Um, and if they play a couple of back rowers on the bench, Connor Watson's likely to get that fourteen. Yeah. If Cheese goes through the middle uh, early. His, his fitness is always lagging uh, at the start of the year, but if he's going to 40 minutes at hooker and then coming on for 20 minutes in the middle somewhere, uh, he's he's very appealing as well. It, that's just a nice little teaser uh, into next week's episode where we start covering off a bit of in-depth analysis in the hooking position. <laughs> I, I like it. Just giving a, giving a preview trailer. Strong, strong start to the year, fellas. We've gone over our, our allocated time once again. <laughs> we'll come in under one of these days. But um, thanks for joining us for episode one and looking forward to a big year. Cheers, cheers, Dan. Thanks, Matty. Cheers. Good to be back. Cheers, cheers Tubes. You beauty. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week.